Welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader, and we're bringing you the latest news in esports, crypto, and NFTs. So before we get started today, a word about our sponsor, EMP.money from Jacob. Thank you, Ryan. Excited to get the podcast going again. Uh, as always, our sponsor is EMP Money. EMP is a crypto staking protocol on the Binance Smart Chain. They recently partnered with Splinterlands to launch the generator contract which is a white label of their detonator contract. I think they've seen about 500K deposited uh, in the last week. Uh, it's exciting stuff. Uh, you can also buy Splinterlands cards, not cards, but credits with EMP. Um, so check them out. It's emp.money. Happy to have them as a sponsor. Once again, big shout out to emp.money. Love having those guys around. Great community, great folks over there. Go check them out. And more importantly, don't forget about our upcoming Splinterlands Brawl, Zensportsians and Emperors, a modern Splinterlands Brawl, drops on October 1st at 2 p.m. here on our Twitch, Theta, Facebook, YouTube. It's going to be all over the place. We've got some other folks streaming as well. 64 players will be battling it out in this modern Splinterlands Brawl for $5,000 in prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a really great live stream as well. So make sure you're there to see all of the action go down here on Zen Sports. Now, first up today, we've got a brand new game that was dropped by some ex-Battlefield developers. It's called The Finals. So they had a trailer that was initially dropped at the beginning of August. Nobody saw it. Nobody really heard about it. It really wasn't hyped up a lot. I mean, it just it wasn't going around the scene whatsoever. It was just hiding in plain sight. Well, that changed yesterday morning when they decided to launch their pre-alpha trailer and announcement of pre-alpha gameplay coming out very, very soon. Looking at this trailer, it's a very exciting game. Lots of action, lots of color. It reminds me of Valorant, but at a next level above Valorant itself, as it boasts the ability to be able to use the environment and arena around you as a weapon against your opponent, not just your gun. And so for this and many other reasons, I believe this could be the next big title in esports. Once again, it is following along with the pattern of a free-to-play game that will probably, we don't know, but probably have in-game customizations for allowing them to make some sort of money, right? It's going to come out on Steam. We don't know if it's going to be on consoles yet or not. It, if the game is big enough, if it gets enough hype, I mean, who knows? We've seen other big shooters uh, in, in the recent year or two make it to console because there was just that much hype. This mm -hmm. game looks like it could have the hype, but then again, Valorant never hit a console, right? It, that is a PC game only. And so yeah. this game could stay stay to computers. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's okay. But for some, you know, it might be limiting. So I don't know. What do you think, Jacob? Is it uh, worth I it? I saw for the them? trailer. Yeah. I saw the trailer. This game looks sick. This game looks awesome. Uh, graphics are awesome. The movement is unique. There is a lot of stuff in the trailer that was taken from Battlefield. A lot of destruct destruction of walls. <laughs> Uh, a lot of cool movement, you know, rocket launchers destroy buildings. It looked clean. It looked really clean. And I know it's a, a trailer. I know it's supposed to look clean. It got me so hyped. Yeah. Um, I will also say there's some really weird mechanic that looks interesting. There's some box 
that yeah. has really high importance, and I have no idea what, but I am dying to figure out well, what that box does. In the trailer, you know, people kept dying, and then all of a sudden, or boxes would break, and coins would just spill out, and it's like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. am, am I playing Mario in FPS? Like, am I collecting gold coins for, for some sort of entertainment? Like, what's going on? We don't know. All we know is that pre-alpha gameplay is coming soon, and you can actually hop on to Steam with your profile. You have to be log in, logged in, and you can request to play it. This is something that I actually uh, have wanted to do, so I'm probably going to be doing it a little bit later. Again, the game looks really cool. It's only an alpha, so it is definitely a far, far time away from any official release. But we saw this was with Valorant way back during COVID in 2020. The game dropped during COVID. Everyone was inside. Everyone wanted the Twitch drops. Everyone got to play. Eventually, after about a week, everyone was like, oh, I, I got into the beta. I got into the alpha, whatever. Everyone got to play it. Everyone loved it. And here we are today. It's one of the most popular FPS free-to-play shooters with the objective of planting a bomb and then having it go off and making sure that the other team doesn't like it. It's basically CSGO. Yeah. Uh, essentially, it's CSGO, but a little bit friendlier and not as like instant uh, instant death, right? It's yeah. not as more, realistic. There's more creativity in the game. Yes. Uh, and, and one thing I, I read in this article is the finals boast bright colors, high-octane action, and verticality. But verticality is is actually important. Uh, I think that's meaningful because, right? You know, I don't. Valorant has okay verticality, but verticality really just means scalability, right? It means creativity. It means the ability to move places fast, like you can do in Fortnite, right? Fort, oh, yeah. Fortnite is the most vertical video game ever, for, right? Fortnite did that sure. so well, um, and that's exciting, right? Warzone. I think Warzone is is so much better than Blackout because. You know, they built this new engine that allows them to build 30, 30 story buildings and have them in a map that's that's ginormous. Right. That verticality is a, is a selling point to me that matters. I agree. I agree. It's going to be really cool to see when this game comes out, how accessible this map will be. I think yeah. they're really boasting a very accessible and very uh, malleable map for players mm -hmm. to be able to craft and use to their advantage or maybe to their disadvantage. Who knows? Yeah. In it, time, it looks like it's not a uh, battle royale too. Yeah. Well, that's, that's big. That's big. Maybe, uh, maybe a signal that the industry is finally ready to get away from that, that type of play. Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's been a dominant style of play since Fortnite. <sighs> Fortnite. Well, I mean, PUBG, really? PUBG, yeah, that's where it started. H H1Z1, all those yeah. <laughs> All those games, right? Now it's just mainstream. It's just one of those mainstream games. Okay, up next here, talking about mainstream ga mainstream games. Honor of Kings, probably one of the largest MOBAs in the East, more specifically around China and such, is having a huge tournament, one of its first, in Brazil. Now, Brazil is no stranger to hosting esport tournaments, uh, hosting games from the East, but every game around the world is always subject to rules, regulations, and laws of that country. And so, for whatever reason, Honor of Kings happens just to be the biggest game being played out East compared to out here in the West. You know, this is not a game that I've really ever heard of. Uh, yeah. I've heard of Dota 2. I've heard of League of Legends, right? Those are MOBAs that I know. Um, and there, there are some other big ones as well that I can't think of off the top of my head. But 
Honor of Kings is just not a title that here out west, right, is is something that we've heard of. Now, uh, I guess there's must be some exception into going into the summer southern hemisphere because if you dig into this article a little bit, it does talk about how Brazil is no stranger to hosting some of these big esports tournaments from out east to really pique some interest in South America. It's a huge market. Lots of players in South America love to play some of these games that are based out east and. Hey, I'm I'm all for it. Globalization by spreading, uh, you know, an esports game is, in my opinion, always a good thing for the game itself. You're never going to hurt yourself by trying to get more and more players. The only problem is, is that you have to support servers that are going to be able to reach those players in other countries. Right? This is something when I'm when I play Rocket League, for example love playing with my friends in Australia. I do hate the fact that both of us then have 120 plus ping because the both of us are both trying to play on different servers on the other side of the world from each other. This is something that, you know, every game has to think about when playing on different servers. If Honor of Kings is not a big game in the Western Hemisphere, how much of it can actually be played in real time in the MOBA with players out, out East if you're in South America, right? You know that that's my main critique of this is that this is really cool. I'm glad they're having an official tournament for this. But if you want a grander, globalized scale of this game all around the world, you're gonna have to build more servers. Period. Yeah. That's it. So, so this game is not available here, or it's just not picked up steam. That's that's what I don't know for sure. I mean, it's. <laughs> Since you and I have not heard of this game, I have a feeling yeah. that there's probably some restriction on it yeah. somehow. Now, also keep in mind, I think what's also crazy is that in like the past two days, China has gone through an entire military coup of the government. Literally, like the leader of China is on supposedly on house arrest. So like there's there's a lot of big shit happening over there right now. This has yeah. nothing to do with it. This is just like, yo, we've got a big, big MOBA game popular out east happening here in Brazil. Come check it out. Um, so let, let me look this up real quick. Honor of Kings. MOBA. So it's so, oh, this is the other thing too. It's by Timmy Studio Group and Tencent. This is how big this game is. Oh, okay. Huge okay. game. So, so Timmy is the mobile arm of Tencent. And a lot of those games are, are international games. They're almost never actually. Timmy makes COD Mobile, and COD Mobile is available in uh, the U.S. But Timmy is is ten cents mobile arm. They do a good job too. Let's so is this a mobile game or not? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's yeah, it's a game for the iOS and Android. So it is a mobile game, which we've talked about the popularity of mobile games. Um, let's see here, and so the international adaption is Arena of Valor. I know I've, I've heard, heard of that, that game. Yeah. Yes. That was that was released in 2016, but Honor of Kings is a game specifically to China released in 2015. Wow. It's it's interesting how they brand them completely differently. It uh it really is. It's it's almost odd to me, right? Those names like why do you need to change the name? Like well, hold, hold on, hold on. The publisher of Arena of Valor announced that Honor of Kings is actually going to be released globally by the end of 2022. Okay. So maybe this this is where they're trying to step it up. Maybe they're trying to step it up and bring this game to Brazil because they know that, you know, a lot of other big titles go to Brazil. I mean, Pokemon goes to Brazil every single year. They host an international event in Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo Brazil. Well, CSGO, the IEM Rio Championships. Is, uh, exactly. Rio, people love to go to Rio. People love to go to Sao Paulo. Yeah, I'm going to mess up the names here, but you get the point. 
People love going to Brazil, even though um, Brazil is just definitely not the safest place to go for an esports tournament. I don't know if you've ever been there, Jacob. I definitely have had friends who have, and um, some of them have gotten mugged several times. So just be aware, if you're going to Brazil, have fun. Be safe. Look out behind you and around you at all times because don't don't walk on the streets with headphones on, especially not at night. It is not the safest city to go to, and that's true of many cities, but especially in Brazil, especially there. Um, I don't know. I I I just I don't know how Rio in 2016 was held there so safely. Um, right? I I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, this is again this is a, this is a big game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm happy to see that it's happening, and hopefully, maybe we get to know Honor of Kings more in the next. I don't know. Next few months, there's only there's only like a, a couple months left here in uh, in 2022. So I guess that should be releasing soon. Interesting to see if this game can keep up with uh, League of Legends Rift and um, I don't know any of the other MOBAs that are on mobile right now. The game is available to iOS and Android uh, out east, so it's not like it's being restricted by any of the app stores per se. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Okay, so up next here, Mountain Dew launches a tournament to support HBCU gamers. So more specifically, what does this mean? So this is going to be a Call of Duty tournament. And, and I quote from the article, this is to shine a spotlight on student gamers at historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, with a focus on increasing black representation in esports. Why did I want to bring this up today? I think it's a really important initiative in esports in general. General, diversity is always a problem. There are, you know, this 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 may sound uh, political in any way, but it's not. I promise. Esports are highly dominated by white guys. It's just a fact. There are, I mean, when you talk about having the accessibility to buy a console, buy a PC, you know, having the privilege to be able to just sit around and play games, right? Not having to work, not having to reassure that you have a, a roof over your head, food on the table, like having the free time to play. Yes, there is, you know, uh, there are so many people that do esports and play esports, but there is still a huge divide in accessibility and diversity in esports. And so this is a big initiative from a major company. Now it's a tertiary company and sponsorship for this tournament. That's a that's a big thing too. Mountain Dew, you know, is one of those companies that loves to support esport tournaments, and it's great to see them continuing this. Um, and many, many companies do this. We're going to be talking about how Red Bull, right after this, is supporting uh, a huge CSGO tournament in November in Copenhagen, you know. And so all of these big companies dumping money, uh, money pool after money pool into these large tournaments to really just get their brand out there uh, for huge initiatives for diversity and inclusion. I love it. And I think it's worth noting and bringing up in the news here because, yeah. you know, yes, it, it, are we promoting Mountain Dew? I guess we are. Listen, I used to be an avid Code Red drinker when I was in high school. Code Red and a steak and cheese sub. Sign me up on a Friday night to hit the toilet, okay? But... <laughs> That's not the point here. The point is, is that Mountain Dew, they're putting in some big money to support these gamers at historically black colleges and universities. Great initiative. I'm glad to see it. Wanted to bring it up. There isn't too much to comment on this, Jacob. I, if there's anything yeah, you want to say. Know, I think it's great. The one thing I was looking into the most is when, you know, how long has it been? 
where Mountain Dew rebranded as MTNDEW. Uh, <laughs> has that been my whole lifetime? Because I never noticed them. Uh, really? It's really prominent in this article that it's just MTNDEW. Interesting. Uh, Wait, like if I look at a bottle of Mountain Dew, is it going to say MTN Dew? Yeah, that's what he said. That's what it says. No way. Mountain Dew. Label. I never noticed that. I, I don't think this was always the case. Because it definitely caught my attention. No, it's not. Because I'm looking at an old label. Okay, I'm looking at an old label, Jacob, right now. And it's showing Mountain Dew spelled out fully. But then I'm seeing new labels of the same thing with MTN Dew. Yeah. The Dew did not change, but the Mountain certainly did. Yeah. And this is the one thing that I guess I just didn't really pay attention to. That's cool. It's always interesting when companies rebrand like that. You know, it, it's interesting. I you know I saw a random video on Instagram of how KFC, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Taco Bell all changed their logo without anyone noticing. Yeah, right? they made the colors a little brighter mm-hmm. and they actually shortened it. They did exactly what Mountain Dew did. They, did they you know? Have you seen old Mountain Dew ads um, and like how they advertised Mountain Dew? Have you ever seen any of those? Uh-huh. So if you look up. Yahoo! Mountain Dew. They've got like hillbillies with Mountain Dew as if Mountain Dew was like the moonshine of soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it really is, right? Like Mountain Dew is the notable like outlier of soda that people always point to when you go, what is a caffeinated soda that's just so cracked and crazy that a hillbilly <laughs> on the freaking mountain would drink it, bro? Mountain freaking do, bro. That's funny. And so if you look it up, you'll see like old hillbilly imagery of like, and you'll see Yahoo literally on the ad itself. It's funny. It's funny. It's it's a good time. Uh, <laughs> advertising, man. It's it's funny. It's 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 genius. I mean, here I am quoting Mountain Dew. You know, it's just like what what the heck? What the heck? Okay, moving on from the Mountain Dew. <clears throat> Uh, we've got an interesting duo CSGO tournament that features amateurs and pros. I don't know how the amateurs are going to do, but we probably have a good feeling that the pros are going to dominate this. But hey, let's have some faith. You never know when an amateur does decide to go pro. I mean, I don't know what the determining factor is from an amateur to be declared a pro, maybe taking down another pro, right? That sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't have the exact answer, but what I do know is that this is a big event sponsored by Red Bull being held at this huge invitational at the end of November in Copenhagen. Yeah, you know, generally these tournaments, and I think this one is too, it's it's going to be an amateur and a pro on a team, right? It's like the Fortnite Pro-Am mm-hmm. where they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Juju plays with TPU and uh, everyone else gets paired up too. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's interesting. It'll be fun. You know, 2v2 CSGO is it's an interesting format, especially, you know, when we're in the middle of major season where a lot of teams, it's going to be hard to get them to travel. But 2v2s, right, you can get content creators that are pretty freaking good who aren't on the, the top 24 teams that are playing in Rio uh, and you can get them out there. Um, so I think 2v2 is a, a good format. Um, certainly looking forward to, to seeing this one, learning from it um, and, and watching. It'll be fun. Same here. You know, here at Send Sports, we're always looking towards some of these more traditional esports. So, you know, it's always really exciting to see some of these big tournaments pop up so we can get a good watch and see how it runs, see how it goes, that sort of stuff. After this, 
Okay, this is probably the like the biggest article of today's podcast, of today's show. It makes me sad to say this. Multiverses is officially a dead game. Now, it's still out there. It's still around. It hasn't been taken down. The servers are still active. The game just came out, Ryan. What are you talking about? Well, my friends, like many fighting games, they get old. You know, Mm -hmm. even with the new release of DLC, new characters, like... The game doesn't have the active user base to call itself a popular game. And this brings up an interesting subject and trend that I've really started to see recently. And I'm sure, I'm sure Jacob, you've seen this too. So we remember what happened with um, this other very hyped game during COVID. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head. It was the super realistic game. Um, oh, Escape from Tarkov. Yeah, no, 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 not Escape from Tarkov. That was actually good. Um, I'm talking about the RPG, like the the role playing game. It could um, have been Amazon's one, New World. Uh, it was no, 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 not that one. It was the one that like it was, it was the big hyped game for the PS5. Oh, release. oh, was it Cyberpunk? Um, yes, Cyberpunk so Cyber, 2077. Cyberpunk just made a revival. Cyberpunk yes. has an average player count of a million now, which is nuts. I'm seeing Cyberpunk memes actually. Really. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm going to talk about Cyberpunk at release right now. And, you know, this is similar similar to Horizon Zero Dawn, I believe, where, you know, you had these two games that probably had some of the biggest hype that I've ever seen in a long time. Now, Multiverses did not have the hype of Cyberpunk, but it definitely had a lot of hype just due the, to the nature of the IP alone. Yeah. And because it was a fighting game, People always love fighting games, and they're like always looking for that next Super Smash Bros. Melee that's going to be around for the next two, three decades. Who knows, right? Well, Multiverses currently ranks uh, at the time of the article 180th on on this on a top game list for streaming. It's actually super sad. You know, active users on on this game are at an all time low. And here's here's what I you know here's what I got to say when the game released. The company probably dumped a ton of money into uh, the the big tournaments that were being held by all of these huge Twitch creators and influencers, and it created a bubble. And this bubble kept getting bigger and bigger. You had all these creators and people blowing up right over over this brand new game. Uh, people making YouTube videos, TikToks, more and more creative content, right? And then eventually, the hype popped. The bubble popped. They stopped paying for all of these big influencers to promote the game. They haven't had any big tournaments that I've known of since then. And where's the game now? Right? Where's yeah. the support? Well, they're they're released. They just released Rick from Rick and Morty. But as the article is titled, not even Rick Sanchez can keep <laughs> multiverses numbers afloat. It's actually, actually a good title. It's, uh, yeah. It is a fantastic title. It's one of the best good. ones I've <laughs> yeah. seen in a long time. Because Rick Sanchez can save the world from anything. Exactly. But apparently he can't save multiverses from going under. And uh, honestly, like, we're going to have to see how long it takes for for Warner Brothers to be like, okay, we are uh, we're not supporting this game anymore. You know, I think it's going to be a little while. They still have a lot, a lot more characters to put out. But here's the thing. When's the last time you heard about the Nickelodeon, like, All-Star Bash game? Like, they mm-hmm. release new characters, like, once or twice, and then it's dead. 
It yeah. like it was overhyped as well. It, it also had a huge tournament with creators and streamers. It blew up and then it died. Yeah. Multiverses has done the same exact thing and now it's dying. If not now, one, one close thing to dead. To, to maybe give uh give a more optimistic approach is uh, sure. the majority of people who play this are going to be kids on console, right? And steam charts doesn't, doesn't track the kids who are playing this on console. Um, so it, it could be doing much better on console than people think. Um, steam charts are, you know, it's just, it's just how many people are playing it on steam. Um, I do think the game is too linear and not scalable enough. I played it. And after four games, I was bored. Uh, it's just, I mean, I never play fighting games anyways, but it didn't seem like, you know, you're, pa- you're pressing three buttons all the time and just spamming them. That's yeah. Not, that's not so much fun. I hear you there, man. And you're right. You know, Steam charts don't account for console play. So who knows? Maybe it's got way bigger console play and that would and, be and, great. You, know, you, you, you mentioned how much money they paid for influencers to promote it. Imagine how much money they paid to get the IP into the game. I don't think they own all of this IP. If they do, then Warner Bros. is bigger than I think it is. No. But but no. some of these guys, like Rick and Morty is owned by Adult Swim, right? Who owns Adult Swim? I don't know. Someone. Cartoon Network, which I think is actually owned, could be owned by know. Warner Brothers <laughs> Media. It might be. I don't know for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is. So Adult Swim is owned by Warner Bros. So it could be they use their IP and they have a ridiculous amount of IP. They do have uh, a ridiculous is. amount of IP. They're They're cartoon character catalog is enormous mm-hmm. right it's it is huge so it's 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 pretty big but yeah at the end of the day we'll see i mean this this is pretty cool it's it's pretty fun I, oh. they, they own the terminator franchise so they're going to be adding mm-hmm. terminator too that's sweet. oh oh yeah i'll be back you know it's uh <laughs> it's 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 funny it's good it's great it's crazy the the characters they put into i mean velma right like they had yeah. to nerf velma remember taz <laughs> they had to nerf taz as well which was so funny like they got the flintstones too yeah i know it's 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 actually like hilarious like what you can play in this game and like they're they're actually like releasing skins too like different characters have different skins so it, it's funny it's cool like they're doing stuff with it but they gotta keep the popularity up. They really have to keep it going, or else you know they're gonna have a dead game on their hands. We we don't want that. We don't oh, want they that. Own Elf. They're what? Elf. They own Elf. They own Austin Powers. Oh my gosh. Dumb and Dumber. I mean, this is all Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, dude. Wow. That's awesome. Who knows? I don't want right. to see Frodo fighting Shaggy. Okay, he can't handle <laughs> the power. Maybe the power of the ring, but not Shaggy. Okay, not Shaggy Rogers. Okay, up next here, David Beckham in esports. What? Yeah, so uh, David Beckham signing on to uh, Guild Esports Ambassador deal. I didn't look into this article too much. I was just like, oh, it's David Beckham. You know, why not? Um, and so, you know, it's another re- like really well-known sports star getting into the esports scene because they recognize how popular and entertaining esports are, right? Esports are are still a booming industry. After the past 10 years, esports are still going up. They're still doing well. People still want to watch them. And many want to participate in them. And so what better way than, you know, being a rich man from sports than getting into esports yourself and signing an ambassador deal and making more mm-hmm. money, right? You know, this is this is what companies and organizations are always doing, right? 
hundred hundred T is is a great example. Uh, you know, signing Snoop Dogg. Right. This is just another one of those big signings of a celebrity that had nothing to do with e- with the esports, getting into another realm um, because they can. It's just simple as that, right? It's 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 just if you have the money to do so and you can and you want to support something else to either make more money or you actually like it, you know, go for it. Go do your thing. It's what people like to do. Yeah. Uh, this this article talks about um, you know, they signed the initial deal in 2020 and it was for 15 million euros. So you know, at the time, that was probably Ooh. 20 million dollars. Um, but they actually just reduced the size of the deal. So they cut and cut it in half, essentially. Um, but by doing so, you know, David Beckham's company, Footwork Productions, will take a portion of the revenue from their sponsorship and merchandising. So it it looks like they're just kind of figuring out a solution that works. And we've heard, you know, I actually heard it today on a call that there's no cookie cutter mold for these partnerships, right? These licensing partnerships and these, these, all these esports deals. And he, this is a guy who had been in the industry for 15 years and he said he didn't think there ever would be. Um, So it's, you know, it's good to see progress. It's good to see David Beckham, you know, he's kind of taking a pay cut here. Because he believes in esports and he wants to to help guild esports out and, and you know do good in his promise he made two years ago. Well said. Well said, Jacob. Okay, folks, lots of esports today, but we're not just focused on the esports. We want to focus on crypto and NFTs too. So this was really cool. Some Stanford students created a proposable for reversible Ethereum transactions and this is supposedly this article says that it divides the crypto community because that on a a very very thin high level it it's saying and i believe it's saying this it goes against the idea of decentralization to allow for reversible eth transactions yeah uh, i mean that's part of the Part of the part of the blockchain is that it's immutable. You're not supposed to go back and forth. Um, but there's more power and technology in the blockchain that's advantageous, you know, even without the ability to reverse transactions. Right? The, that's not the only advantage of the blockchain. In, in a lot of the respects, it's not really an advantage. Um, you know, fraud is always going to. People say, you know, because it's on the blockchain, fraud can't happen. No, that's not true. There's even more fraud happening in the blockchain because you can't reverse the the scams and you know guess what everything's on, everything's on the internet and when it's on the internet you can't you know it's not in 3d it's not sitting right in front of you it's harder to tell if it's a scam you know so to say but um there's a lot of scams there's a lot of places where you say you know i'm gonna allow you to access my bnb and instead you know it's giving you access to your eth and then they take all your ETH, right you know in, in, by now if you've been in crypto for since it blew up you know about this and you know that you should use a separate wallet when you're interacting with new uh, smart contracts and that kind of thing. Yep, exactly. But, you know, I actually think this is good. I think this is something that's needed for blockchain. The blockchain technology is not about the fact that there's no chargebacks. It's about it's incredibly fast, incredibly secure. And, you know, in some sense, you know, I know there's a lot of anonymity and, you know, anonymousness. I'm not going to be able to say the real word. Um, anonymity, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. But, uh, no, that's really not the case, right? The case is that everything can be traced back to the source, right? Everything is in the ledger and the ledger is the mm-hmm. recording of all transactions. And that makes it less anonymous. And, and that's kind of good in a sense, right? You don't want blockchain and crypto to be this scammy world where people can get away with anything. You want it to be the, the new new system of money that's fair and equal um, and, and more decentralized and, and more secure. 
I agree with you there. Well said, Jacob. Well said. Okay, up next. No connection here other than the fact that, uh, you know, we've seen this continually happening since the beginning of the year. And here at Send Sports, we launched our NFT projects in Sportsia this past March. And we experienced this as well. But, you know, Bloomberg uh, reporting this month that, you know, NFT record highs of trading volume from January have fallen 97%. <clears throat> that is, it's incredible to see at the same time, the real world is back, baby, right? <laughs> For the most part, people, like people are not cooped up inside, right? Trying to prove their wealth and what they have via the internet. They are able to go out again and prove themselves to the real world. And, you know, some people may, may still be getting COVID and some aren't, but at the end of the day, um, NFTs for now, the trend is 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 pretty dead. Ninety seven percent fall off of trading volume. That's a pretty big deal. It's ninety seven percent. It's what? It's pretty expected, though. I mean, you, you knew Board API Club. I mean, Board API Club's going to survive, but everything that spawned because of the success of Board API Club was not going to survive. Uh, I, you know, we cycle. yeah, we've talked about like the utility of NFTs, and like at this point. Board Ape was like, oh, I, I own a Board Ape and I'm in that community with all those other cool people. But I got to be honest, like, you know, of all the celebrities that own Board Apes and, the, and stuff, right? How active are they really in these communities, right? I don't know. Maybe they are. I, but I'm going to bet they're not. I'm, I'm going to bet they're not too. And so you think you're buying into a community these days that like is going to get you access to – like Snoop Dogg is never going to talk to me. I'm a fucking loser compared to Snoop Dogg, okay? Like you're Snoop not Dogg, a loser compared to Snoop Dogg. It's okay. You're just younger. You're I'm just, just younger it, yeah. and I'm not cool. I'm just not cool enough, okay? We're just going to put it like that. Okay, you get the point. Snoop Dogg ain't going to be coming to talk to me because I want to talk to Snoop. That's just not going to happen. Just because I own a picture of a fucking ape doesn't mean that Snoop will talk to me. Okay? I'm just, maybe maybe it will, but I, I, I have a 97% chance of a feeling that it's not going to happen. Okay? Even more so. Anyways, NFTs not doing so hot right now. We'll see if this changes in 2023. But for now, the economy isn't really doing well. And people aren't just going to take their money and put it into something that keeps falling like stocks. Okay? So we'll see. We'll figure it out. Some good news, though, to almost end the day off here before we <laughs> end the day off with a, on a bad note, I guess, is that the Binance Smart Chain has officially dropped a Binance Soul Token. Otherwise known as BAB. Um, so they have launched a uh, soul token where, uh, for those of you who are not familiar to my noob understanding of, of soul tokens, this is a NFT token that is stuck with you for life once you purchase one. It is not something that yeah. ever leaves you. It is soul bonded to you. This is like a KYC token. Right? Exactly. It's, 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 it's literally a KYC token. That's the that's I think that's the coolest thing about it. So why why is this important? This token is to prove your identity, essentially, of like who you are, provide information on you in a permanent and safe way. And there are a bunch of partners that are partnering with them yeah. for this token. They, they have like 12 partnerships. They have everything. They've got ApeSwap. They've got Apollo X to do a rewards program. 
They've got Pared DAO to do a GameFi system. Um, they've got a lot. XWorld Games will give the one-time airdrop for logging into each game. Yep. I mean, uh, Binance, Binance does it. When Binance does something, they do it right. Uh, Binance <laughs> is... You know, Binance started hiring when Crypto.com and Coinbase started firing for a reason. Right? They're they're dominant in this industry. They know what to do. They're they they know what to do, bro. That's period. Go get yourself a bat, folks. Uh, do your research, obviously, but uh, it looks pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. It, it this it, this is one of those things that's like, oh, this is actually kind of unique for the for the scene. So, okay. Last but certainly not least, and honestly, it, this could be least, uh, Apple to charge a 30% tax on NFTs. Now, first of all, this is a pretty general claim. I'm going to be honest. You know, what about it? Like, where are Apple Web 2 company with a vested interest in keeping Web 3 tech down? So this is this is I don't know if this is an article more than an opinion piece with that first sentence. Um, yeah. Announced that it will allow NFT sales. You can buy NFTs through apps available on their app store, but they want the regular 30% commission fee to be able to buy said NFTs. Yeah. So, 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 you know, this is kind of in reference to people trying to get around the uh, 30% fee on fiat payments on the app store through NFTs, right? Tim Sweeney is going off about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you see his tweet. Yeah, yeah. So Tim, Tim Sweeney tweeted, "Now Apple is killing all NFT app businesses it can't tax, crushing another nascent technology that could rival its grotesquely overpriced in-app payment service. Apple must be stopped." For those of you not familiar with who Tim Sweeney is, he is the CEO of Epic Games. Epic Games has had a lot of history in the past few years with Apple, more specifically because Epic Games didn't want to pay Apple. All of the commission money on in-game microtransactions when it came to buying uh, things on Fortnite. And so what happened to Fortnite, Apple literally kicked them off of iOS. That was a game changer. No app has seen something like this before. Fighting against the monopoly, right? Fighting against this huge company. This is something that we saw maybe over 100 years ago of workers rebelling against a huge company, right, for unfair practices. Well, we've got Apple with a huge monopoly over the App Store, right? Like, there's the Google Play Store, right? And then there's the App Store. And Amazon has an App Store, too, but, like, that's it, really. There aren't a million app stores available to consumers. So because of that, you are forced as a developer and a company to go into iOS. Well, iOS charges this huge fee anytime you're trying to make money because at this, how is Apple going to make money if, if, if you're making money, right? But now they want to kill all of these small startup apps that are trying to sell NFTs through the iOS store by charging a 30% tax. It's uh, it's problematic. It's, app, it's Apple's business model. I mean, they're, they're the distribution model. It is. It, they're, you know, they're the distribution network. It's um, what they want to do. It's what they want to do. But hey, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anyways, folks, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Esports Forever. Myself and Jacob got to hop off, get some more work done here. But thank you so much for listening in this week, watching us here on YouTube and listening in on Spotify and other recording platforms. Please drop a like, drop a follow, drop a subscribe, comment down below, add us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Until next time, my friends, we're out. 